0: This is Cruise Radio. Do yourself a favor and always cruise with travel insurance. You can find a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the
1: tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise
2: Radio.
0: Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. A review of Carnival Paradise today. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. And Simone from cruisingexcursions.com answers some of your listener questions about Mediterranean shore excursions. Um, Speaking of Carnival, they did announce the name of their XL ship. That's their 180,000-ton, like 6,000-guest ship they have coming out in 2020 that's going to be based in Port Canaveral. The name of that ship? Throwing back to 1972, it's going to be the Mardi Gras. Yeah, so looking forward to more details about that ship in the next coming months. Uh, supposed to have some really, really cool stuff. They keep teasing us but not giving us um, – all the information there. So uh, looking forward to that. Also, uh, keeping them coming, the Cruise Radio News podcast every day, Monday through Friday. If you want to get the three things you need to know, just uh, subscribe to Cruise Radio News. You can download it wherever you download this podcast. So uh, looking forward to having you over there as well. All right. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So on Tuesday, Celebrity Edge was finally christened down in Fort Lauderdale, which it, it, they normally christen the ship first. But this time, it's been doing like a lot of preview sailings before the christening.
2: Yeah, it was kind of str- you know usually you have the christening and then the the two night um, quick trips to get the experience. But yeah, and Malala was the godmother, and it was quite an event. She was not able to cruise, however. Um, she did have to go, I think it, she was going up to Boston for a humanitarian award, yeah. so she was not able to sail. A little bit after the fact, but I'm sure it was a fabulous event.
0: Yeah, I caught the ceremony on Facebook Live, and it was a great events. Congratulations again to Celebrity Cruises. just such, such a beautiful ship. So Carnival Cruise Line announced they are returning to Europe in 2020.
2: Yeah, this is really exciting, in fact. Um, I went online to try to price out the cost of one of these trips. It's the Carnival legend. And going back to Europe in 2020, it's been a, at least two years since Carnival's been in Europe by that time. And the first trip, it will leave from New York. It's a 16-night transatlantic that will include, this is where I'm excited, Greenland, Iceland, and it's even going to stop in Northern Ireland before finishing up in uh, in London. Um, they're going to do uh, one nine-day fjords cruise, but mostly it's to do the Med. Um, there's uh, from nine to twelve-day Med cruises, and they're going to hit all the hot spots. You know, Monaco to Malta and, and around the up the Adriatic to Venice. So it's really exciting. And then the ship will come back in October, at the end of October. I think it's October twentieth for a uh, transatlantic from Barcelona to Tampa. So the ship will come back and then do a series of other cruises out of Tampa, some partial Panama Canal transits, and some um, Caribbeans. But mainly the news is Carnival's heading back to Europe.
0: Carnival also is increasing. Carnival increased the beverage gratuity for all drinks, not just alcoholic drinks, but non-alcoholic drinks too, if you order, what, bar service or get it delivered to your stateroom?
2: Yeah, and it also applies to the Cheers beverage package. So... While it used to be 15%, they just raised it to a whopping 18%. But, you know, it's the same as Royal Caribbean. Um, But, yeah, the fact that they put it on a Cheers program, that can really rack up a bill.
0: You know what's interesting about this 3% hike is that, Only 1.5% of it is going to the bartender and the crew, and the other 1.5% is going into a crew fund, kind of like what Norwegian does, where it helps provide um, air transportation home and all of that. Um, That was actually reported to cruiselawnews.com by a crew member on board they actually sent him a letter um breaking down the new gratuity and what they're actually getting and what they're not getting so um yeah so really uh, yeah three percent but it's all not going to the bartender so uh there's that so moving on here princess is preparing their second ship for their ocean medallion technology now sherry for the uh, listeners who aren't familiar with this program uh first off tell us what it is
2: Well, yeah, it it takes a little bit of, you know, try to figure this out. The Ocean Medallion is a little bitty wearable device, about the size of a quarter. Um, You can put it on a wristband, put it in your pocket, put it in your purse, and it's developed to basically enhance guest experiences, and it pairs with your smart device, your phone or your iPad or whatever you're carrying with you. And the whole goal is to, like I said, enhance the experience, but you can order drinks through it, you can... Speed up your boarding process, um, enables keyless stateroom entry. And you can also pay for purchases in the onboard shops or in the bars as long as you have the medallion with you. And as we assume, the app was already downloaded to your smart device so it knows what to do. And it's going to be on the Regal Princess um, and it will be ready for. Its debut on February 17th of next year. And so far, just the Caribbean princess has this technology. So um, it's kind of a rollout, and we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, and I want to throw this out there. If you've sailed on Caribbean Princess and have have used this technology, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear and get you on the show just to talk about it because I'm kind of confused on exactly how it works and what it does as well. Doug at cruiseradio.net. From the Royal Caribbean blog, Royal Caribbean is investing in biometrics for embarkation. Biometric technology, what is this? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, this is all sort of a link together with the, these ocean medallions and all that. Basically, it's facial recognition that goes, that maps your face in different points and it enables different things to happen all around the ship uh, for boarding, for disembarkation. Um, and, you know, we had this last week. I didn't realize it when we were on the edge, going back to that. Um, I, I didn't realize it until we were leaving the ship when we had to stand there in front of the immigration guy with his little special camera and it scanned our face. And then uh, he looked at our passport and then we were good to go. So it's, um, it's, it's the wave of the future. I guess people are saying it's, you know, it's going to happen. And I don't know. It's, it could be considered a little bit creepy because it does follow you around. It knows your information. So Maybe, I don't know, all you have to do is download the app on Royal Caribbean, take a selfie, and then you have to go and opt in in order to use the biometrics. Um, They're saying it's going to be fleet-wide on Royal Caribbean by the end of 2019. So again, it's like one of those things, uh, you know, until you really try it, these things are kind of odd.
0: Yeah, it definitely takes some getting used to. So down in your neck of the woods, it looks like construction has started on the new Cruise Terminal 3.
2: It has. Port Canaveral's still booming and growing, and waterside construction began last week. The first steel for the bulkhead wall was delivered, and this is going to be, like you said, for cruise terminal number three. It's the biggest project at Port Canaveral in their history. They opened up about 65 years ago. It's going to cost $150 million, but it's really all in anticipation of Carnival's brand new ship arriving June of 2020. It's yet unnamed. And this ship will be powered by liquefied natural gas. So it's a big deal here at Port Canaveral. They had uh, committee meetings and board meetings that you can only imagine how long they lasted because of this liquefied natural gas and the way that it has to be, the way the ship has to, I guess, dock and be refueled and everything else. So it's a big to-do, and it's pretty exciting. I'm
0: loving all these new cruise terminals because, uh, what, Miami has Terminal A now for Royal Caribbean, Now the Mm -hmm. new Terminal 25 in Port Everglades. And now Terminal 3 coming to Port Canaveral. You know, we still have a warehouse here in Jacksonville where we do embark from. So um, (laughs) I sort of like going down to these new ports. So fun stuff on the horizon here. Listener question. If you have one, drop me a line. Doug at cruiseradio.net. This one's from Dustin. Have a question for Sherry, he says. I'm on Carnival Vista on December 16th, and we're going to Grand Cayman. What is something you recommend doing there? I've done Stingray City before, and this is my sixth cruise and second time to Grand Cayman.
2: Well, I really do like Grand Cayman. In my brain, I sort of think of that if I'm doing a Western Caribbean, that's my beach day, but it doesn't have to be there. You've done Stingray City, and that's, I think, the most popular attraction. You've done that, Doug, right? It's a one-and-done type thing, though. Exactly. So he's looking for something different to do. Um, there is, I've done I've looked into this, and I've talked to a couple people that have done it. There's a pretty good food tour if you're into food. It's about three hours long, uh, runs about $99 per person, and I think there's six venues that you go to, so if you're into food, that's one thing you can do, but, um, you know, I usually end up either walking through the downtown area, stopping at um, Margaritaville, and using the Wi-Fi there, but, um, you know, you can rent a car there very easily, um, and you can, you can drive the whole island. Probably, you don't want to do it without stopping, but you could spend the day driving around, go out to the to Rum Point. There's some wonderful restaurants out there. That's on the north side of the island. But if you just want beaches, which it sounds like you really didn't do too much of, if you do the Stingray City, that takes, that takes a good three hours between transportation and driving out there. So I will recommend a couple beaches that I really like. Um, the first one that I've gone to quite a bit is called Sea Grape Beach. It's a little bit further out past the cruise terminal. It's on West Bay Road. Um, The only thing I would suggest is if you do go out there, allow extra time for your return to the cruise terminal because if you have four, five, six ships in port, the roads really get clogged on return time. Um, They have a place there called Calico Jack's Beach Bar. It's got all the usual, um, you know, uh, food, uh, restrooms. Uh, You can rent chairs and umbrellas. And the same goes for the other place, Doug. We've been here before at Royal Palms. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a little bit closer to the cruise terminal, maybe a five, eight-minute minivan ride and yeah just when you leave the terminal um you'll see the white minivans lined up it's about five dollars per person one way to no matter which beach you're going to and they'll just sort of drop people off but royal palms is also nice and like i said it doesn't take as long to get there um and they too have a restaurant bathroom facilities you can rent lounge chairs and, and there is an entrance fee. i think i paid five dollars a couple of years ago yeah it's only but it's only
0: two dollars right now to get in there
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, then I think um, the other one, sea grape, might have been five dollars, or it might have been ten. I think, and you got a chair and a coke. But you know, expect to pay for these um, the public beaches. Uh, you know, someone's got to make money and maintain it, and that's what they do. Uh, also, um, you can, if you feel feeling a little flush and you want to spend some money, you can stop by uh, Ritz Carlton, and they have a wonderful restaurant um, that overlooks the lagoon behind the. The hotel, uh, Weston also has lunch facilities, and you can use the beach there too. So there's all sorts of options. Of course, you can if you do rent a car, you can drive to Hell, um, which is a tourist attraction, but it's kind of neat. There's a turtle, um, the Turtle Sanctuary, if you want to call it that, um, which is kind of fun, and they actually sell turtle soup there, which I don't know if you want. <laughs> it's kind of icky, but um, uh, there's just so much to do that... You know, you don't have to spend a fortune for the Stingray-type tours or the um, the bus tour around there. You can rent a car. I think it's a Coconut or Andes Car Rental right on West Bay Road. You can walk there from the cruise terminal. I've done that before. But remember, you're driving on the wrong side of the road, so it does get a little confusing. You know, just enjoy the day there, and, and hopefully you'll have great weather. Um, bring your sunscreen with you because uh, it's very expensive to buy anything in Grand Cayman and why do that, right? If you have it from the ship. You told me
0: some advice in Grand Cayman back in twenty fourteen. You told me um some of the best photos are often taken by looking behind you.
2: Wow. Yeah, I do say that. I yeah. still say that. And it's
0: so true. And Now when I travel, I always look behind me and take a photo because it's it's so right. So um, I don't know. That's random. I know it it ties into Grand Cayman because we were walking to the tender boat back, like what, four years ago, five years ago, and you told me that. But yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there.
2: Well, thank you. That's really neat. Yeah, even um, just being in in Cuba, there were times when everyone's snapping pictures in front, and if I turned around, the sun was you know the sun hits something differently, or you Mm -hmm. see something a cart that you didn't see coming the other direction just the colors are different too when you look behind you rather than looking forward so yeah thanks for reminding me
0: been talking with sherry laskin from CruiseMaven.com. thank you sherry thanks doug we'd love to hear your comments email comments at cruiseradio.net
1: when is your next cruise where are you going and what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. May your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com.
3: if you have an amazon alexa enabled device
1: ask her to enable the cruise radio news skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from cruise radio
0: so mike and his family just returned from a five-night cruise aboard carnival cruise lines newly refurbished or fairly recently refurbished carnival paradise out of tampa and mike joins us on the line hey buddy Hey, how's it going, Doug? Good, man. Uh, excited to hear this review of Paradise because uh, within the past year, she got this major refurbishment um, where they've added a, a duck tail to the ship. Um, they added some additional staterooms and all this good stuff. So excited to talk all about that. But before we do get to the ship, we'll take a step back, as we always do, and uh, give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this five-nighter out of Tampa?
1: Well, you, you know, a couple of things came into play for us. Number one, we live in Tampa, so... Getting to the Tampa cruise port is pretty simple for us. Uh, number two, and probably most important, was the price. <laughs> it was a value cruise for sure for us. Um, we wanted to do a trip with my sister and her family, and so uh, we both booked uh, you know, individual cabins for our families. And Carnivals, to my knowledge, is one of the only cruise lines that has five-person cabins that are not suites or junior suites or anything like that. Um, So we both booked interior cabins. And so that was a a definite, probably the most important thing was price, which you hate saying that, but it was true. (laughs) So um, so that's kind of why we decided to do it. Uh, We chose October because it's generally a pretty good time of year to go on a trip for um, regarding my work schedule. And also uh, all my daughter's birthdays are in October. And so it kind of works out well to do something around that time.
0: Nice. Now, you, since you live down in Tampa, you made your way to the cruise pier. Now, one thing I have to say about the Tampa cruise terminal there is it's, I've always had flawless embarkation and debarkation there. How was your experience?
1: Uh, exactly what you just described. It was, it was actually as close to perfect as you could get. I mean, um, I, I paid for my parking ahead of time at one of the surface lots uh, down the street. So I dropped my family off, drove over to there, uh, and then walked over. I think the whole process was, you know, maybe— 10 minutes from dropping them off to me being back with them Uh, we went upstairs checked in and we had to wait probably about 30 minutes but that was mainly because we were with my sister's family and we were all trying to board together rather than at our assigned times but Mm. uh, it went very well very quickly
0: so without that waiting period like from curb to ship how long do you think it would have taken you if you didn't have to wait 15 minutes, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So you make your way on Paradise this go-around because you sailed it before, before the refurbishment. Where were your impressions walking in? Yeah,
1: so we, we did. We sailed it last year, the the exact same cruise, almost the exact same time, same stops, all that. Um, and, and so we were excited to see what the differences were and, and how they had uh, renovated the different areas. And, um, you know, the first impressions were great. They, everything seemed to be in good working order. Our last time, one of the glass elevators wasn't working And so they they fixed that. Um, They added the Geisberger, the blue iguana, all that sort of stuff. Um, So, definitely very nice first impressions. Uh, You you know how it is on on um, the Paradise or or the Fantasy Class ships you enter in, in the atrium and all that. The, mm. the kids love seeing all that. You know, It's very impressive to them.
0: On My first cruise was a Fantasy Class ship, and I just remember stepping into the atrium and seeing those big glass elevators and my jaw dropping. And it's funny because now, you know, 20-something odd years later, you look back and like, that's nothing compared to what you walk into these days.
1: Yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, I haven't sailed on some of the largest ships. I think the biggest that I've been on was the... Uh, Honda America Eurodim, mm-hmm. which isn't exactly the same style or, yeah. or clientele, if you will, but you're you're absolutely right. And you know, to the kids especially who, who haven't been on anything yeah. other than this ship, uh, they they definitely still were very impressed, as much as they were last year. Honestly, what kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? Like I said, this was our budget trip, so we we had all five of us in an interior stateroom on the upper deck, booked towards the back of the ship on purpose. I like being uh, closer to the buffet and that sort of thing. It makes it easy for the you know getting up and down. Um, but it was nice uh, compared to last year. They totally redid the rooms, all new beddings and carpets and the, the bathroom. They had uh, uh, updated as well. And all of us just remarking you know, it was it, much nicer than it was last year. The colors are updated. Um, even going down the hallways, you know, the doors are all different colors. And you know, it used to be a, a, kind of a gaudy red down it, which which was kind of fun. You know, it had a retro look to it, but but now it's much more updated. Um, you know, and there's not a whole lot of space when you got five people in one bedroom. Um, but it's all right. It works out. And uh, for us, with you know, our, ourselves, we're, we're really barely in the room at all anyways.
0: Well, let's talk about the dining. As you mentioned, you got the Guy's Burger joint on there, and you got the Blue Iguana Cantina. Um, let's start in the main dining room. And uh, what time dining did you have, and what did you think of the dining experience?
1: Yeah, we did the the main dining room uh, every night for dinner, uh, and and we had the anytime dining. Uh, that worked really well for us. We, we don't particularly like the really early or the really late dining. Um, Generally, so that that was really nice. The you know, the waiters always do an excellent job, especially with the kids. Um, they, they remembered everything. Um, they even took initiative to you know uh, cut the kids' steak and things like that, which was really um, kind of uh, nice to see that sort of thing. Uh, they had a magician walking around on on at least two of the nights, maybe three of them, um, which the kids really loved that, and and so did we. Um, I, I personally think that the main dining room is perfectly fine. I, I, I've i liked everything I've had there. Um, you know, I, it, it, it amazes me sometimes when you see reviews of people, you know, complaining about the food and it kind of in my opinion, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, you know, this it's, it's Carnival Cruise Line and I paid, you know, $300 to go on this. So <laughs> I'm not expecting, you know, a five-star meal yeah. necessarily, but definitely everything was good. Um, and, and, you know, I couldn't have a complaint about it. How about the uh, the Lido deck area, the buffet? Yeah, so we did the buffet and the Guy's Burgers and the Blue Cantina uh, uh, kind of every day, I, I, I would probably say really. Um, each of us kind of chose different things each day. I had a Guy's Burger each day. Uh, my wife did, too, and the kids kind of ate whatever they wanted, you know, pizza or whatever. Um, but the, I thought all that was, was great, too. Um, the Guy's Burgers and the Blue Iguana were really nice additions and definitely something different from the standard buffet that you get, uh, especially since we had gone out last year. It got a little repetitive after five days just having the buffet in the main dining room. So that was a really nice addition to have those, too. Did you do C-Day brunch at all? We did. We did the um, the uh, Seuss breakfast for mm-hmm. the C-Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that was a, a really nice touch, too, that they did. Last year when we had gone on the shift, uh, my youngest daughter had been uh, battling leukemia. Mm. And so she's done with the treatments now, but you know, still has some lingering side effects and that sort of thing. But the staff and the kids' club were actually – they remembered her, and they remembered our family. Um, and, and, uh, and I know that they weren't just making it up because they immediately, when they saw us, they recognized us and remembered that the girls all had birthdays at the same time and that sort of stuff. Um, so they were very generous, and, and they uh, got us uh, complimentary tickets to the C-Day breakfast and sent some little uh, treats and goodies down for all the girls, which was really just a nice touch of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's so cool. Um well, let's talk about entertainment for this five-night sailing. What would you think of it?
1: Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the the uh, playlist production-type shows and all that sort of stuff, and my oldest daughter especially does. Um, the shows were the exact same ones we saw last year. You know, there's a Latin show one night and a uh, uh, Rock of Ages or something sort of thing another night, um, and I really enjoy them. Uh I got to say, last year, I think the performers were a little bit better than this year, but perhaps that was just because it was the first time I had seen the productions, I couldn't really say. Um, But they were really good, and I know we enjoy them very much. Uh, You know, walking around the ship, there's there's always different entertainment going on and that sort of thing. Uh, In the atrium, they had a really good uh, singer-songwriter-type player. Uh, She was doing a wonderful job. I don't recall her name, though um but yeah so uh, we didn't do a lot of the like the Hasbro game shows and that sort of stuff uh, the kids really just enjoyed doing the other things that were on the boat so
0: did you walking around the ship since you sailed her last year uh, before the refurbishment did you notice uh many changes in the public areas
1: uh you know other than the refresh of carpets and mm-hmm. things like that, I, I pretty much noticed it seems like the atrium was kind of all the same. Yeah. Uh, the casino was more or less the same. It seemed like public areas were pretty similar, other than having been spruced up, you know, painted and that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's what I noticed. Uh, when Elation Elation went through the same type of dry dock as Paradise, and I noticed like new carpet everywhere and some like new tables because you know I'm really geeky and pay attention to that kind of stuff.
1: Um, well, you've been on enough ships, you must see the differences, right? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh, but yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, very good. Now, let's talk about the sea days on this ship. And you went to uh, Grand Cayman, and you went to Cozumel. So, we'll get to that in just a moment. But how were your sea days?
1: They were good. So the yeah, the first day is a sea day, um, and you know they, as part of the refurbishment, they added the whole waterworks um, uh, slide area. I guess you'd say, or, or play area for the kids, um, and, and adults could do it too. We definitely did it. Um, and that was really great. Um, they re- they just enjoyed doing all the slides over and over and over pretty much all day, uh, which was certainly fine with all of us adults. We just kind of <laughs> sat there and, and watched them, you know. So that was right. nice. Um, and I didn't feel like the ship was overly crowded, honestly. I know it's a smaller ship and still has, what, over 2,000 people. And I mm-hmm. think they said it was sold out on that sailing. Um, and it was definitely crowded. And if you tried to go to the buffet at noon, you know, it was it was a bit of a, a wait, but not even terrible. Mm -hmm. honestly. uh, But I felt like overall, the sea days were really great.
0: What did you do in Grand Cayman?
1: So last year in Grand Cayman, we did the steam race, Mm -hmm. which was a really fun experience. Uh, But this year, we decided to do something different. So we all got off the boat, and then got a taxi that could sit the 10 of us. And so he drove us up to the turtle farm, which I remember I had gone there as a child, you know, when I was 12, so a long time ago, and uh, thought it was really impressive. And so this, they've you know, doubled in size since then. You can swim with the sea turtles now and, and all that sort of thing. And so they, we really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun snorkeling in the lagoon thing they've got with the sea turtles swimming around and that sort of thing. Uh, then we went over to the little hell place they've got just to take photos mm-hmm. and then went back to the boat by that point. Um, unfortunately, Grand Cayman stop was pretty short, so you don't have a, a whole lot of time to do too much on the island. <laughs> and then uh, you went to Cozumel. How was that? We did, yeah. Cosmo was really great. Last year we went to Nochi Kokum, mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun. And if I were only going as adults, I would highly recommend that, but there's not a lot there for the kids to do. Um, so this time we went to uh, Mr. Sancho's, which, you know, we just got off the boat, hired a taxi and went down there and spent the whole day down there. Uh, that was a lot of fun. There's ton- you know, tons of slides and-, and the water inflatables out out, out there. Uh, and then, of course, you know, drinks flowing. So that was a really fun day.
0: Now, what would you say the difference is, aside from I know that Natchi, um, they cap the people at that resort. And they might do the same thing at Mr. Sancho's. But what,
1: are there any major differences between the two? You know, between the two, I would say a couple of things. Number one, the food at, at Nachi is much better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was oddly enough that Mr. Sancho's was really just like burgers and chicken fingers and things like that. Um, you know, I kind of expected more Mexican-type food, and that definitely was not the case. The the crowds at uh, Mr. Sanchez are definitely a whole lot more than at Noche mm-hmm. Uh So that's definitely something to consider if you're looking for a much more laid-back experience, then I would not necessarily recommend Mr. Sanchez. Like I said, it was perfect for us with the kids and all. But if it were, you know, a different type of experience or when the children are older, I probably would would not choose Mr. Sanchez. Also, uh, they've got signs all over the place saying no tipping. But then everybody was asking us for tips. I didn't bring cash with me. So I felt bad not having money for them. But, you know,
0: oh, well, well,
1: the sign says it. So, uh, well, that's what I felt yeah. like.
0: I thought, well, but the sign says I don't
1: have to so. take
0: the sign down if you don't. You know, so I went to uh, Nachi for the first time a couple of years ago. And I keep going back every time I go to Cozumel and I keep saying, I'm going to try Mr. Sancho's, but I just love Nachi Kokum. I guess being an adult there.
1: Totally agree with that. I I, I definitely would agree with that. Um,
0: Nice. So you make your way back to Tampa. How was your disembarkation process?
1: You know, as as compared to last year, it was much better this time. Um, And I don't know if that was because of of our own um, acts or not that last year, We kind of wanted to get off early because I needed to get back to work. So um, I remember we were in lines for a considerable amount of time. But this year we decided we would just kind of get up. We would go to the buffet and and, take our time. So it was perfect. We we had a nice leisurely breakfast. I think we wandered off around 945, I want to say, and literally just walked off the ship. It was very, very nice.
0: I want to ask you a couple of questions back on the ship that I forgot to ask you. Um, Did you notice a – or was it very noticeable, the cigarette smoke uh, outside of the casino?
1: Yeah. So outside of the casino, I wouldn't say so. Um, they've got two areas up on deck on, on the Lido uh, right above it, which are designated sm- smoking sections. So obviously, if you're walking through there, which you know I did several times, you know, of course, there's people smoking there. But it is the open deck. So I personally didn't really notice it elsewhere mm-hmm. up there. Within the ship, outside of the casino, I don't think about it. I personally notice it very much.
0: I, I keep forgetting that those fantasy class ships, the, the Lido is right above the promenade. Mm-hmm. Where it, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. That's right.
0: The newer ships, it's like there's like three or four decks of staterooms before the Lido deck above the promenade. So, yeah, I keep forgetting that. But, yeah. Okay, and then the cruise director. Do you remember the cruise director, or did he or she stand out?
1: Yeah, so last year it was Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was really wonderful. Um, this year it was, I want to say it was Brandon or Brendan. I'm not sure which one. And he was good too. Uh, he did a good job. I don't necessarily know that I would say he stood out per se, mm-hmm. um, but I think he was—you know—he was always at all the events and, and hyping up the crowd and all that. So I think he did a good job.
0: Any first-time tips you have to offer, folks
1: sailing Carnival Paradise? In my opinion, I would say you know, understand what you're buying. Um, you're, you're not paying for one of the, the newer, bigger ships that have all the different amenities and all that, but you're definitely getting a very good value. Uh, you know, for my money, I'm not sure where you can send five people have And basically all you can eat food and everything for the price that we paid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my opinion, I I think that that's what I would tell people, you know, understand what you're getting with your purchase. And it's a great value. What was your biggest highlight of the cruise? For us, I would say it was just being with my family and my sister and her family as well. Uh, All of us being together was really nice. The kids had a great time with each other. For us, that would be the highlight. And in closing, final thoughts of Carnival Paradise. Go on the ship. Have a great time. The stops are fun. The ship's fun. And, you know, Carnival's whole choose-fun thing, it definitely uh, is—they live up to their name.
0: Mike, thanks for giving your review of Carnival Paradise. We sure appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug.
0: We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Joining us on the line is Simone from cruisingexcursions.com to answer some of your Mediterranean shore excursion questions. Hello, Simone. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good. Now, the first question comes from Katie. She says, we are visiting Athens on our cruise and would like to visit the Acropolis and experience traditional Greek food. Any recommendations?
3: Yes, I have so many recommendations. But what I would actually recommend would be a new tool we've just introduced due to demand. Um, We often get asked about sampling the local foods and also wanting to experience the history of the area. So we've recently introduced a a small group tour, which takes you to the Acropolis Museum, which is home to all of the artefacts which have been found at the Acropolis over the years, ranging from the Roman and Byzantine times. Quite fascinating, and probably one of the most interesting museums in Europe to visit. Um, This small group tour also takes you into a local taverna, where you will have... A, literally a banquet meze of local cuisine such as the usual tzatziki, the sovaki, the cheese pies, breads, oh my goodness it's such a range. Um, we just wanted to give customers an alternative to actually visiting the Acropolis because we found over the years that some customers find it difficult to walk up to the site um, to get up to the Acropolis it's quite strenuous. But with this particular tour, you get the best of both worlds, so it's, um, you get a wonderful view of the Acropolis itself, but you actually get the entrance into the Acropolis Museum, along with um, having a wonderful Greek meze, it's a fantastic tour to take.
0: I did your um essential collection tour
3: for uh-huh. Athens, yeah,
0: and you're right uh-huh. though I did the acropolis and uh I'm a runner, and that's that was a that was a haul <laughs> up there
3: yeah it, it, you know what I consider myself reasonably fit uh-huh. but um yeah it, it, it's um a very hard pull on the old muscles and legs, so <laughs> yeah, a so lot of people like, want to really want to go to the acropolis but When they get there, they look up and think, no, I can't do this. But they get the views of this tour as well, which is just just as great as being up on the top of the Acropolis. But they also get into the, the museum, which is quite incredible. And not a lot of people know about the Acropolis Museum.
0: Next question comes from Chris. We are visiting Santorini for the second time and looking for something a little different. Any recommendations?
3: Well, Santorini is possibly one of my favorite Greek islands. Um, I go many times and I've just recently um, experienced a new tour that we've um, released. As you're aware, Santorini is a volcanic island and known as volcanic caldera. So as you tender close to Santorini Islands, you'll notice smaller islands around. Um, So we've just um, put on sale a wonderful tour to take you to these islands by Catamaran. So it's completely different to visiting Santorini Island itself. It is an adventure. So you sail over to the Nia Kamini, which is still an active volcano. We also sailed to Palea Kamini, which is known for the hot springs, And here you can actually swim. You can swim in the sea. It's quite warm because of the hot springs. So it's completely different to taking a tour on the island, um, something I would absolutely highly recommend. Um, It's a great adventure as well for families, children. It is a great tour to take, alternative to Santorini Island.
0: Lisa says we are visiting Naples on our cruise and would like to see Pompeii, but we're looking for something a little more relaxed.
3: Okay, well, Pompeii is a site where you can visit 20 times and still not see it at all. It's huge. So what I would highly recommend is um, a tour called The Mysteries of Pompeii, Mount Vesuvius Winery and Lunch. Um, You start with a wonderful guided tour of Pompeii, around two hours. And once you've experienced the site, uh, we then go to the foot of Mount Vesuvius, where we visit a farmhouse winery. Not only do we learn about the wine which is produced there, but we also get to taste it, which is the best. But we have around um, six wine tastings here, which is accompanied by a light lunch of cheeses, salamis, hams, breads, olives, and also um, followed by pasta with the most amazing tomato sauce. So it's a, it's a wonderful morning uh, experience in Pompeii, and it's a wonderful afternoon just relaxing with a glass of wine and typical Italian cuisine, amazing.
0: Maybe you know the answer to this one because I don't, but I noticed that whenever I went to Naples, there was a lot of winery tours like around Mount Vesuvius. Mm-hmm. Is, the, do you mm-hmm. know, is the soil richer to grow by the yep. mountain?
3: Yes, it is, absolutely. So you, you get the best grapes around the bottom, around the foot of Mount Vesuvius. So there are quite a few wineries in, in that area because the, you can taste, um, I'm not a big connoisseur of wines, but I do like my wine, but you can actually taste the difference, and it, and it is quite incredible. Simon
0: asks, we're going to visit Cannes and do not want to be on a tour all day. Do you have any recommendations?
3: Mm -hmm. With Cannes, um, it's a tender port, so all cruise ships, it says tender. So if you've been to the main destinations, just experiencing Cannes uh, itself is a must. It's known as the rich and famous, where sometimes you can spot the celebrities around the town. Um, We offer a walking tour of this area taking in the, the the grand five-star hotels, learning about the local culture and how the rich live, and not to mention um, the red carpet at the Cannes Film Festival. It really is a beautiful place to learn about the area. And then you can just relax on one of the beautiful beaches there, so it is a very relaxed, but at least you've got something out of the destination.
0: And about how long is that? That's about
3: two hours. So you've okay. got a two-hour walking tour, so you get to walk all around Cannes and then you can just go to the beach and just relax.
0: Final question here comes from Alexandra. Suggestions yeah. on what to do in Cartagena, Spain.
3: Okay, Cartagena, is, is a port of call, not a lot of people know about, to be fair, and it's such a shame because it is actually bathed in history. Um, we have our essential collection tool where it's very much concentrated on the history and the, uh, the visit the Roman amphitheater, and also walk through the historic town, and the, uh, the guide will be pointing out all of the historic buildings. It is f- so much full of history, and it's one of those unknown places. It's a definite must to do.
0: You can find all these excursions that we've talked about today at cruiseradio.net. Simone, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today.
3: You're more than welcome, Doug.
0: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance?
2: Let's see what we've got for
1: you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net.
0: I'm your announcer.